Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of the Proc Talks. I'm your guest host, Dario, and uh, this is my second episode for the Proc Talks. Thank you again to Rune, Van, and Matt for having me. And um, yeah, today I have calling from the UK, Rich Gray from Eon Zen. Hi, Rich. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. And um, I'm super excited to talk to you about the new Ian Zen album, uh, which is called Transversal. It's going to be out on September 24th on Layered Reality Productions. And it is a very, very special one. Um, So I want to know everything about it. Um, and I think um, talking about transversal is not, uh, we, we, we can't talk about transversal if we don't talk about the 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 history of Ethan um, Zen as a band. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was uh, just re-listening to, to the whole discography and maybe we could also now um, like, work our way towards transversal throughout the history of Eon Zen, if you were up for that. We can give it a go. I'll see what I remember. <laughs> um, so a little while. But... <laughs> may, may, maybe start at the beginning. Um, yeah. Your first uh, output with Eon Zen was in 2009, and mine's yeah. portrait, if I'm informed correctly. You are correct, yes. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as I know, you're the mastermind and founder of the band. So how did this project uh, come about in the first place back then? Yeah, so it came about originally because I'd been in a few bands that sort of either fizzle out or have member problems and things just kind of like first bands do, you know, they rarely actually go anywhere. (laughs) Um, so I decided after a while, like I, I'd been in like bands at school and then I joined a band called um, Timefall, where I met a couple of um, really great musicians who have featured on Aeons and stuff since. Um, but again, that sort of had problems in just picking up steam and keeping momentum going. Like we had an album out and, and, and that sort of thing, but it just kind of fizzled out. So at that point, I'm thinking like, well, I've been in like a number of bands where I've been trying to get things going and have collaborative bands and everything. Um, but it's just not working. So I can play these, most of these instruments, like aside from the drums, which I haven't done on albums and like the high power metal vocals, I don't tend to do. (laughs) Um, but other than that, like I can do everything. I can write the songs. I can even write the lyrics and record almost all the instruments myself. So that's basically what I did. And, um, that's what turned into a mind's portrait was like the first well, some of the like first hence proper like prog songs I'd written were basically that album. Wow. And and you managed also to get a whole host of singers for that yeah. album. And yeah, uh, like on that album, we've got like Nils from Pagan's Mind. Um, who else was on that one? Of course, Andy was on that album, Andy Kravlicher, who's been with us ever since. Um, yeah. So he's actually the only guy other than me that's been on every single Aeon Zen album, which is quite cool. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I got in touch with a load of singers that I liked because I thought like I can do like either death metal kind of vocals or more sort of lower mid range kind of stuff. But the the sort of power progressive metal kind of stuff isn't really my forte. So I thought I'll get in touch with a load of singers that I really like. And at the same time, that'll sort of give me a bit of a boost in terms of like getting it out to people because they're going to say, oh, I really like that singer. What's this band, you know? <laughs> um, and that's just kind of how it happened. I just wrote to singers that I really liked and and luckily they were keen to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I was listening to it the other day and uh, the second track, Time Divine, where Niels sings. I was like, yeah. Well, okay, this is uh, the most Pagan's Mind song I have heard uh, outside of Pagan's Mind. Um, <laughs> I also had this like cosmic weird thing going on mood-wise or atmosphere-wise. Um, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite track from Mind's Portrait? Um, I have to remember what's on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I quite like maybe Blinded Rain, I think might be one of my favorites. Because it goes from the sort of laid back stuff, it gets a bit heavier, then it's got this big, like, spacey, cool midsection that's kind of a bit more modern prog, kind of, in a way. Like, it's it's got that sort of atmospheric, spacey, more, like, bigger kind of feel to it than either, like, a traditional sort of power metal progressive kind of stuff or, like, more retro kind of, like, Genesis kind of stuff. So I think that kind of has a good blend of everything. Yeah, uh, you, you just you just mentioned the 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 power uh, metal uh, influences and also the mm. modern prog influences. Overall, when you started out writing stuff for Eon Zen back then, um, what were your main influences? Like, did you just pick your favorite sounds and 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 see what what will come out just there. Just throw it all together. <laughs> um, because well, I think, uh, like from from an outside perspective, it's uh, it's uh, pretty for 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 the prog metal um, for for someone who knows the prog metal uh, scene mm -hmm. and and the the most um, popular directions the big prog bands are are going um, mm -hmm. that. At the core, I would say Eon Zen was mostly more leaning toward a um, towards a more like traditional melodic sound, but yeah. but you always had your also your modern influences and 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 some more modern guitar sounds or riffs. Yeah, yeah, because I think like especially the first couple of albums have more of a kind of retro prog sound to them than the later ones, which get more into the metal territories. Um, And it's kind of interesting that it came about that way. Cause I was going to say like, when I was first getting into even metal, like it was all about like, um, like bands like death and, and, and like heavy, like death metal bands were the stuff I got into first before I then like found like dream theater, symphony X. And then I went back further to like, you know, yes. And Genesis and the like prog rock, band. Like, like I did it all backwards. So, then, <laughs> so, so, so I think by the time, I wrote a mind's portrait. I was more focused maybe on sort of slightly older sounds. Um, but then of course, having played like metal stuff for so long, that obviously was a big influence still. Um, but I think at that time, like I've been listening to a lot of frost, um, which is more of a sort of prog rock kind of thing. Um, and then the obvious ones like dream theater, symphony X, um, and, and, and stuff like Spock's beard too. Cool. Um, 
I, yeah, I, which I think it, it kind of shows on the first album because it's got more of that rock influence. Yeah, it could, could be. I wrote two two more bands down that are a little bit smaller mm. that, that popped into my mind listening to a mind's portrait that would be Sun Caged and Andromeda. Um, yeah, definitely Andromeda, I think. Like some <laughs> of the wackier sections yeah. maybe have a bit of Andromeda to them, yeah. And Sun Caged is more of the melodic stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. Moving on to your second album, The Face of the mm. Unknown, 2010. And uh, you just uh, <laughs> mentioned um, Frost, and uh, I see Jim Godfrey was on yep. there. And yeah. also um, Michael Erickson. And yep. um, yeah, what do you remember from that album? <laughs> well, it was pretty soon after the first album. <laughs> um, so yeah, cute. a lot of these songs were kind of written around the same time. Um, but I think it has it it has a slightly more modern feel. Like there's more, I'd say there's more metal sections on this one than the first one. Um, and yeah, it was just sort of I just really wanted to keep momentum going with this album, and and not be one of those bands that sort of starts out, puts an album out, then five years later you get another one. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to remember how it went down really <laughs> um yeah again like vocally i reached out to more singers that i really liked um like you said jem from frost and there was nick from spock's beard yeah michael from circus maximus um and uh johnny tatum uh, from umeria who Umeria. i was in timefall with so that's where he came from ah. that's the connection with him was he was in like my first like real band that put out an album whatever um, whatever happened to you umeria i mean they put the yeah, I mean, I hear they're still they working disappear. on a second album, but, but I'm, I'm, it's, I don't uh, know. I don't have any insight. <laughs> it's it, it's going to be like this, like uh, the follow-up to a, a Skeptics Universe from yeah. Her Architect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure when they do put it out, it'll be amazing, but you know. Um, They'll get there. Yeah. Any, any favorite songs that uh, you remember from The Face uh, of the Unknown from 2010? I remember Natural Selection came about really quickly because um, it was like that one riff in 5-4. Well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, because it, it was, was like, it, I, it, it well. was basically that one riff that goes through most of the song. Um, and then there's the sort of bridge section that changes key like three or four times. But I like that one because it's a bit of a curveball, especially with Jem's vocals on there, because it's not like your typical metal kind of stuff like his yeah. voice is it, it's a bit more like mine in terms of range um but i think it has such a cool quality and i had this thing that was like, like i think originally the working title for it was like porcupine tree or something because it has that kind of like the guitar effects on it like like just reminding me of like fear of a what was it fear of a blank planet is that what it's yes. called yes yeah yeah because because that's where the idea for that one came from but um yeah then stuff like um visions i liked a lot as well which is a sort of like like that was actually inspired from andy's vocals being on the first album um because he used to be in seventh wonder and then listening yeah. to seventh wonder it's kind of got those like bass guitar unison runs and that sort of thing and that's what yeah. kind of got that song going um but yeah i mean there's there, there's too many songs i like which i suppose is a good thing for your own music <laughs> if, if you still enjoy them like 11 12 years later But you just mentioned the bass guitar and, and you're kind of, um, of course, live, you, you, you always, uh, been playing, 
base for ELZN, yeah. and and that's also why you're kind of mostly regarded as a bass player as your main instrument maybe also yeah. because you you also joined annihilator with that instrument yeah um so it's, i think it's uh, but it's kind of unusual that that you you'll have the bass player as the mastermind of the whole band yeah, um, yeah. but you, you also mentioned that that you you you're a multi-instrumentalist and uh except for the drums you yeah you, you can play play all the instruments in the studio yeah um, so, so 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 like on all, almost all the albums i recorded the guitars, the bass, the keyboards, um, whatever other little touches and like backing vocals and even lead vocals on some tracks I did. Um, but I think like in terms of the bass, I've always just kind of steered towards the bass a bit more than guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, just in terms of like what I enjoy playing. Like if I'm going to play live, like I want to play an instrument that I really enjoy playing. Sure. Plus, you know, like, Well, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's easier, but I just find it, it just kind of works for me a bit, a bit better. And I can kind of like get in the groove a bit more and, and feel the music more playing bass live. It's, it's, it's just more fun to me, I think. <laughs> yeah. Bass, bass is a groove instrument. In the yeah, end. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but also like trying to write things on bass that people don't usually. So it's not just like following a, a guitar riff all the time, you know, like I find that more interesting in that I can kind of, experiment and explore more on the bass than maybe on the guitar especially in metal because you know it's all about big riffs and that kind of thing and if you can find a way to work the bass into that where it's not just copying the guitar then that's kind of fun i think yeah moving on to to enigma mm. um in 2012 that was 13 wasn't it september 10th 2012 according to metal archives <laughs> it was delayed until January the something 2013. All right, so you, you, so Metal Archives is wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, here it's, yeah, here it says uh, January 22nd on Nightmare Records. That's the one, yeah. But it is yeah, because originally the reason for that was that I was going to self-release it again, like I did with the previous. Well, it, it was with my own record label. Yeah, um, which I did for the first two albums, and then I was going to do that for Enigma, and then I decided like fairly last minute to actually work with um, Nightmare Records because, um, uh, you know, they put forward a really cool deal and Lance is a really cool guy that runs it as well. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of all fell into place. So we decided just delay a few months, get everything in place, and then we'll put it out beginning of the, the year after. Um, I, I, I'm uh, um, surprised that Lance is not singing on one of the songs, but it, it, yeah. was, it was actually the first It was already album, done. <laughs> the, the first album with... Um, Yeah, well, it says here it's it's kind of Andy was more permanent member back yeah. then already. Yeah, because because it was in 2011. Well, well, sort of mid 2010 when we started playing live, but 2011 was when it sort of picked up and we did things like we toured with Devin Townsend and that sort of thing, and it became more of like a unit of people. Um, so then by that point, Andy was basically like the lead singer. I had this big concept album where I wanted multiple vocalists still because it just worked with the way the album was structured and how it all flowed together. So yeah. it's kind of like the, the way I see it is like Andy is like the lead vocalist on that album. And then there's the guest vocalists around him in a way, even though they kind of split the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of how it is in my mind, at least. <laughs> all right. My, uh, my favorite song I, that I put down um, mm. would be Artificial Soul. So that's kind okay. of the, the, the first one after the intro. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I like that one because it kind of has this huge build towards the end where it's got those really like almost kind of genty kind of riffs at the end. Um, I'm trying to think because I kind of the way I wrote it was basically in like one long, sorry, uh, one long Cubase project. And I just kind of wrote from beginning to end as one thing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes in terms of like picking a song, <laughs> I kind of see it as one song, but I have to actually look at the track list. Hang on. <laughs> we're going to uh, talk about uh, about something similar in a second, I guess, when we talk when yeah. we're talking about the album. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, I think, because I just had a quick peek. <laughs> um, I, I think my favorite might be Warning on there. All right. Because um, it's got that kind of, I don't know, I really like the swing to it and the kind of long, drawn out intro that's kind of chilled out and then it just explodes. And I love that moment where it all kicks in. Like that was one of my favorite things I've maybe ever written, I think. Oh, wow. Awesome. With, with, with all those layers coming in. Because I remember like the main like melody line, the do -da 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 -da, that thing. Um, I remember I actually like sampled my voice of every single one and like put loads of effects on it and then doubled it with guitar and keyboards. And it was just like so many layers that it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Before we, um, yeah, come to, to, to the new album, there's still a couple of things that came out. Um, hmm. after Enigma, there was a little self portrait. EP. Yep. Yeah, like and a reworking of a few tracks from the first album. Yeah, and then there's still two uh two full-length albums uh coming. The first one would be <laughs> Ephemeral um yep. in 2014 respectively 2018 when you put out the the extended version with the yep. with the narration or, or yep. the the, the audiobook or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I think so, we called uh, it an audiobook because originally yeah. that was like, I think it was a pre-order incentive because um, I'd written all the lyrics to the album. It's another concept album similar to Enigma was. Um, and it actually follows that story on and basically finishes that. Um, oh, okay. But I basically gave Andy the lyrics and then once he'd finished recording all the vocals, he actually wrote like a story around the lyrical story um, and oh, okay. basically made an audiobook based on the lyrics of the album. Yeah. Um, so then that was like a pre-order incentive. Then when it came to putting it out, well, re-putting it out in 2018, I was kind of thinking like, it, it's a shame that there's going to be lots of people who will never hear this because you can't pre-order it again. <laughs> after the, after the yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I actually spoke with Andy and he was like, well, if you want to put it together, what would be a cool thing to do is like, I kind of planned it. So certain things in the audiobook happen in between certain tracks. It's not like a completely standalone thing. It's kind of like supplementing the story. So it's like, mm -hmm. if you put the first one after this track, the second one would come after this one, that sort of thing. And it kind of made it into like even more of a concept album. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I'm kind of torn when I'm listening to an album. I'm not sure like if I like that. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, I usually listen to it for the music. But yeah. it's like, you know, you can just skip through the narrative if you want. You know, it's all good. There, there, there was uh, like a, one particular um, instance lately where I really enjoyed um, specific narration parts or like, and that was the last two albums from the Greek band uh, Need. And both okay. had like really, really cool 
like both albums had one song or one track respectively where there was a narration or or a dialogue um yeah. spoken by actors and okay. it, it 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 of course it divided the 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 fans some some said yeah. they always skip it because they they they're distracted by it or something but the um, good thing about that is that they made it its own track so you can skip it if you want to yeah like yeah, the part that kind of annoys me is when there's like a song that i really like but there's like two minutes of intro talking like yeah, story that, before that, that, you actually get into the song it's like just make it separate with, and we can just <laughs> that would be the case with the last Aryan, right yeah yeah <laughs> which is still a good album but you know yeah. like <laughs> convenience especially these days <laughs> like people's attention span i'm always like how can i get this song in quicker well well i'll just cut the first bit and make it into a separate track <laughs> <laughs> Um, favorite song on Ephemera? Um, I like the entity. All that, right. that might be, or, or or maybe life because it's so wacky. L life was my choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I put down sweet little bass solo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, those were fun. <laughs> yeah, because because it's got that whole like kind of queen sort of thing at the beginning with all the like jazzy kind of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, but then, the, but I was also going to say, like, the entity was it was actually the first thing I wrote on an eight string guitar. So that was kind of ah, uh, yeah. That that intro quite, riff is quite heavy and yeah, yeah. That was quite a fun it. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like as you get further on, they, the albums kind of get heavier. Which I don't know. It's just something that happened. Like it wasn't really planned. It was just kind of what I was writing at the time, and it just yeah, kind of. It, progressed that way i guess yeah so some somehow i have the feeling that a lot of or not a lot of but there's several bands who started out really heavy progressed in a in a way where they went into a more yeah. melodic uh direction yeah, like uh, and, like opeth or something like that yeah yeah catatonia and and um yeah um Anathema as well, and yeah, um, yeah. or Leprous more recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we kind of gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's uh, that's uh, that's Prague. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. You, you're, not, you're not doing what the others are doing. <laughs> yeah, you just do whatever you want. <laughs> If you are enjoying this interview, please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews, articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. theprogspace.com We're on the home stretch here. Um, yeah. One full-length album to go before we reach the new record that we also want to talk about still of yeah, course before we reach today mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're at in veritas from 2019 mm -hmm. that's uh, yeah. actually it feels like it was yesterday because the after because 2020 doesn't count basically yeah that's why that, <laughs> nothing happened there <laughs> yeah yeah well well in veritas was basically the first down sound at Zen album that was written collaboratively between all the band members Because ah, okay. in between, in, in between Ephemera and Inveritas, it, we actually became a band. 
basically, and everyone was writing, everyone was basically sharing everything. So that's what happened there. Um, and again, because it was kind of like, I'd already decided I didn't want to do another concept album like the previous two, because uh, you sort of got the first two albums, which were more standalone songs, then the next two, which were these long drawn out concept albums. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, I just kind of want to get back to something that's more standalone and it doesn't maybe require as much investment in a story or listening from start to finish, even though, you know, there are some long songs on there, which obviously have that kind of feeling, but it's more of like a, like more separated kind of stuff, um, which also worked out well with people like contributing stuff. Cause it's like, well, I've got an idea for a song. It, it's not like one guy writing all the music and it's a big concept. So that kind of worked well in that like Alistair would come in, Alistair Bell, who joined on lead guitars and rhythm guitars on this one, but he's kind of amazing at lead. So I think of him as, an, as a lead guitarist. <laughs> um, so like he'd come in with a riff and then we'd develop it and that would turn into one song. And then maybe like Andy had a vocal idea for something and we'd base a song off that and it just kind of worked really well. Yeah. Um... <laughs> My favorite song would be the bouncy treachery of images. <laughs> okay. The instrumental one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I remember a single, like how to play a single riff from that song. <laughs> Cause that, that, that's quite a crazy one, but it's, it, it's definitely fun to listen to. I think so, maybe yeah. my favorite might be the last alive. Cause it's okay. got like, um, like the whole middle section I really enjoyed because it was, it was actually based on a riff that uh, Steve, our drummer, had written. Um, I, I think he'd written it for a music course he was doing where they just wanted, like he basically had to compose a song and he said like, could you help me flesh this out into something that's more than just like four bars long? <laughs> and then I sent it back to him and it was like four minutes and it basically slotted <laughs> straight into this song. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't think he was expecting that. <laughs> nice so uh, yeah what what does all this uh um history uh, have to do with the new album transversal tell us so the new album was written before any of these songs that we've just talked about so it was written back in 2006 2007 the whole but like almost entirety of the music for this album was written before aeon zen was even a band so that's kind of how it ties in with the history. Um, and also, I think you can hear that when you listen to it. You hear more of those sort of older influences, and it kind of sounds more like something that maybe I would have written like 10 years ago or something. But it kind of has this, the, the modern influences in there as well, especially in like the guitar tones and how everything's produced. Like it sounds more modern than the first few albums we did. Um, so, so how did how did it happen that uh, how did you come to to say okay now I I, I, will, <laughs> actually I, I, use want, to, I want to use these <laughs> yeah. whatever what, what, yeah. that I composed back then? Um, well, it was kind of objective. like <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we were thinking like the way the band had been going, like it had been a really long gap between Ephemera and Inveritas. It was like what five years, I think. Um, and it kind of just felt like everyone was kind of maybe moving on a little bit and wanted to do their own thing. And then especially after like I joined Annihilator as well, that took up a lot of my time. And then producing, mixing, working with other bands as well takes up a lot of my time. <laughs> um, so, so, so then it was kind of getting challenging to fit Aeon Zen in with all of that. And I think maybe I'd also kind of evolved to a point where maybe I didn't need it as much. 
Um, and I kind of wanted to explore other things and maybe do an album in a different style and this kind of thing. Um, so there, there was kind of talk about, well, should we maybe try and wind things down and call an end to Aeon's End? Um, so then we were thinking, well, how are we actually going to do that? Because I've always thought like, I don't like it when bands that I like just kind of fizzle out. And then one day there's maybe an announcement on Facebook that's like, oh yeah, by the way, we're not doing anything now. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, Bye yeah. Now. So then I was thinking like, yeah, exactly. Like what can we do where it's not going to be like that? So I thought, well, hang on. I have this like huge epic 30 plus minute song. So why don't we re-record that? And then it like kind of brings everything full circle. It, it makes like a nice closure for the band. And it's a way of like, going out with a bang rather than just kind of fading away. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, sad, but cool in a way as <laughs> I, th I think it's especially because, uh, yeah, I was listening to it a couple of times now in the last week or so. And, um, as, as a whole 30 minute song, it's, and, and I, I don't, I think, it really is my favorite um, yeah. Aeon Zen material to date overall. Thank you. That, that, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoy, especially the, the parts three and four, Chase the Sunrise mm -hmm. and 10,000 Eyes. That would be my, my favorite part. Um, yeah. So um, it's, it's well, kind of... The way of, it was written, it, it was all written basically from start to finish as one long song. And then later I was thinking like, well, we could put it as one track, but as well as it kind of looking more like an EP, if you do that rather than an album. <laughs> um, but I was also thinking like, if, if there's a part that someone really does like, it's kind of like putting chapters in a book. Like it really annoys me when I'm reading a book and there's no chapters. <laughs> um, so, so, so it's just kind of a way of like giving people like markers along the way to sort of pinpoint certain parts throughout the album. Yeah. Um, so, so, so how was how was the the process uh, of uh, the, the recording process for the, for this album? As you said, this this one you it was your composition again. It was not yeah. a collaborative effort like mm -hmm. the previous one. Um, and also, I think Andy is living in Sweden, right? So, did you yeah. did you actually meet? Did he come to your studio to record the vocals? Did he do them at his place or in Sweden somewhere? Well, we recorded it basically throughout 2020 and then the beginning of 2021. So we couldn't really travel anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, um, well, what happened was I'd basically, when I wrote it back in like 2007, it was completely instrumental and I'd like left parts where it's like, well, I can put a verse here and this will be a chorus. And like, I had it laid out in my mind what was going to happen when, but I had no lyrics and no melodies. Okay. And then of course, coming back like 13 years later, to a thing that I know pretty much inside out because I sort of heard it on and off. Like maybe, maybe I'd revisit it every year or two and have a listen and think like, oh, actually that'd be really cool to use at some point. <laughs> um, but then after hearing it for so long instrumentally, it's really tough to then <laughs> suddenly try and put melodies over something and write lyrics. Yeah. So I basically sent it to Andy's way with like five pages of notes of the structure. Like, <laughs> like I was thinking this could be a verse and then there's going to be a solo here, but I haven't done it yet. And then this is going to be a chorus. And, and basically he spent like the next maybe month or two writing lyrics and coming up with melodies and recording all the vocals as he went along. Um, so that's how the whole 
that all the lyrics and vocals came about. And then, um, yeah, I, I basically worked kind of backwards. Like I got my original recording that I did way back when, um, and sort of gradually replaced all the instruments or well, most of them. There are actually a few parts on there that are from the original recording, which is quite cool. Cause I just wanted to have some original bits on there. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so I just sort of worked my way through re-recording everything, adding some parts. Like I, I think it was like three minutes shorter originally, and I added some more verses, solo sections. Um, like in uh, Twilight Part One, it originally just had like uh, the whole intro and then a chorus, and then it went to the like acoustic outro. But then I thought, well, it would be cool if it actually had like more of an overture with themes and riffs that appear later. So I basically added that afterwards using what I had like coming later on. Um, so there was some sort of like um, reworking of it as well as just re-recording, because I think you can kind of hear that in how it's, how it sounds is that mm -hmm. there's more like modern sounds to it rather than just sort of sounding like the first two albums. Cause I don't think it does. Yeah. 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 You're, you're absolutely right. Um, you just mentioned um, Twilight Part One, which mm. is already out as a single and on YouTube with a video. And yeah. uh, with that video release, you were teasing kind of something bigger <laughs> in that department as well. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so we've actually been putting together a video for the entire album and it's going to go up. I, I can't remember exactly when, but around the release date, we're going to put up the entire music video for the entire album. So that's going to be wow. quite a cool thing. <laughs> that, yeah, that's I definitely think, something yeah. on a scale that we haven't done before. Because we were kind of thinking like, what can we do to make it extra, extra special? Aside from just being this like historic piece that has a lot of meaning to me. Yeah. And I think when you listen to it, you can hear that and it kind of resonates maybe a bit more than some of the other albums do. But then in terms of actually like putting it out, what can we do to make it stand apart and really be like a big farewell in a way? Yeah, I think that's 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 uh, going out with a bang. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think this this episode is going to drop uh, a week before. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, that's so it might actually come out around the time of this, we'll if see. I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, just check, <laughs> don't quote check, me on it, but it might check check, <laughs> uh, check the, so the socials, and um, yeah. that's uh, definitely something extra uh, um, to look forward to. Um, in the progressive world, it's not unheard of, of course, to make an album that's just one song. Yeah. Um, so, did you have any any idols or any any kind of albums or songs or, in this case, it's the same that that you particularly liked and looked up to? Um, and um, yeah. In, yeah. In, this specific um, thing i think probably when i started writing it originally it was albums like the odyssey um symphony x obviously um yeah. <laughs> and like six degrees of inner turbulence was a big one as well um i'm trying to think what was i listening to at that time <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think both both, both both absolutely make sense um yeah of course yeah. And, and also like not not necessarily like full album concepts but like i think it was the first chapter the circus maximus album like yeah. the title track off that was what like yeah. 25 minutes long like yeah. that was a big one as well at that time for me yeah right 
Um, yeah. I, I I just wrote, wrote down my um my favorite album, full album concept oh, yeah. songs, and um one of the biggest, of course, would be Fate's Warnings, The Pleasant Shade of Grey. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit earlier in yeah. in history, and also Green Carnations, Light of Day, Day of Darkness. Which, um, which are actually both albums I kind of discovered after I'd written this. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a third one. I think um, not a many really um, picked up when it came out. Um, and it was also kind of, it, it, I think it became the swan song of this particular band from the United States. It, the album's called Suspended at Aphelion uh, from Wild Haven Wept. And it's also okay. like a 40 minute song. And um, yeah. It, it, I don't actually know that one. I'll, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> that would be my, <laughs> my, uh, my recommendation for the day. Okay. Um, check out while haven't wept uh, suspended at Aphelion. Absolutely beautiful. Okay. The, the, the first, um, the first, the intro is like, you know, a string quartet and that already gives me goosebumps on that. <laughs> Just thinking um, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go back and listen to it now. <laughs> um, so wrapping up um, the Eon Zen chapter uh, in your life, um, looking back at, at the, the history of Eon Zen and the, the, the career that you've made, uh, are there any particular highlights that you're fond of uh, looking back to? Um, it's hard to say. Because it's sort of a, a, a moving thing. Like looking back, I'd say like every album is a highlight. It, it's just a different snapshot in time and you achieve different things with each album. But um, probably also touring with Devin was a really, really big thing for us. Because at that time, that was like the first, I think it was the first like proper tour that I'd ever done as well. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2011. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say like that tour and then maybe Enigma as well, putting that out. Because um that album I'd actually written finished in twenty like end of twenty ten, around when the face of the unknown came out. I'd finished mm -hmm. Enigma. Um and then there was a lot of like personal stuff behind the scenes where I just wasn't able to put it out for like almost three years, basically. Yeah. So I'd say like actually getting that one out. And and then also because I think a lot of people think of that as our best album so far without hearing the new one yet <laughs> but um but like i think like that one kind of set the uh set the standard for yeah, me the, in a way the, the um, so, is still, yeah. still out for that one <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah. so actually we 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 should have known each other before because we actually we should have met at Proc Power Europe <laughs> 2014, but yeah. alas, it was the only the, the 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 only year I was not able to make it to Proc Power. <laughs> Typical um, between 2008 and 2019 or something. Wow! So, unfortunately, I missed my one <laughs> it wasn't opportunity. Meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least I, I'm gonna have a transversal to to spin now. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun listening to this one. It's uh, it's the the um, thirty minutes they fly by in a in an instant. It's it's really entertaining and uh, doesn't feel like thirty minutes at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Thank you. 
And um, yeah, is there anything that you're you already um, for, for for your like the the immediate future where where you already know what you're gonna do, um, what you can share with us? Any plans? Yeah, um, after Ian's end. Well, I'm already working on a solo album actually, which is kind of like the music's all written and quite a bit of it's recorded. So I just want to like push forward with that a little bit more and see how I can put that out. Um, and then aside from that, like producing, working with other bands is something I'm always doing. Um, and then hopefully once things can open, start opening up more touring can come back and I'll be playing again with annihilator. Um, Actually, I, I saw, an and then maybe we can yeah. finally meet somewhere. If I'm, absolutely. If I'm because last last time I saw Annihilator, that must have been 2007, maybe. So, okay. uh, uh, quite yeah. some time before you joined, right? Like that's years. actually the first year that I saw them as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, great. Uh, I wish you all the best with with Thank with you. your new um, with your new endeavors, and and also, um, of course, uh, I hope that Eon Zen fans and also maybe new people who haven't heard about Eon Zen before uh, will really like Transversal as I do. Um, Thank you for being on the talks. Um, follow you yeah, on me. social media, even though there's not much uh, to come uh, anymore, but uh, there, there's still the album and you can still pre-order Transversal uh, through ianzen.com uh, slash store in the UK or the rest of the world. And if you're in the UK, in the, in the, in Europe, uh, you can pre-order it through Layered Realities, a web store. Uh, it's going to drop next week on September 24th. And of course, you're going to find all the links in the description. As always, uh, thanks for listening and watching. Uh, please give us a like or subscribe if you like what we are doing here. Next week, your main host, Uncle Pro Grüne, will be back uh, with another very interesting interview partner. Until then, stay safe and uh, keep spreading the Prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Rune Belsvik Reynos. Produced by Rune Belsvik Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munubitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.